The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Batches. I don't have to show you any stinking batches. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. It's going on right now, so keep the music up. We'll just dip in briefly. This is the President of the United States. Tax rate on American businesses so they keep jobs in America, create jobs in America, and compete for workers right here in America. That's the President of the United States in Springfield, Missouri, rolling out his tax plan. And uh, that's happening as we're coming on the Chris Salcedo Show. He likes to... Uh, Talk about tax reform, not exactly tax rate reduction. We need reform in this country, folks. 75,000 pages is an insult to the American people, courtesy of our so-called leaders in government. A telephone number you want to weigh in on the Chris Salcedo Show today, and I highly encourage you to do so, folks, because we're talking about a lot of things today. A lot of it is disaster-related, but we're going to try to sprinkle in other news of the day. Telephone number is 888 900-3393, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Tune into the program that way and download content at your pace. That is um, on-demand listening for you. If you want to listen live, go to theblaze.com slash radio. Blaze Radio smartphone app or the iHeartRadio app. If you want to uh, catch our social media presence, first on Twitter, at Chris Salcedo TX at C-H-R-I-S, S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X, as in Texas, a state that is under the gun with a natural disaster, but also the freest state in the union. Uh, Or if you want to go to the Facebook page, The Chris Salcedo Show. And as always, check out not only this program, but all of the fantastic talent here at the Blaze Radio Network. Go to theblaze.com and the channel section. And speaking of the fantastic talent that happens to be at this Fine Radio Network. Doc Thompson from the Morning Blaze happened to be meandering around the hall, and I'm, and I'm dying to bounce loitering. this. <laughs> loitering is the, the word you want. Well, you see, bouncing around just sounds like you're active and you're doing something. Also, accurately uh, portrays me as fat, yeah. which is to a bouncing. So that's well, good. No, we say that when we talk about Jeffy, but that's that, that completely yeah. different. See, now you guys got me doing it. Hey, look, this this theory I've been developing. Now I'm going to play a soundbite for All you. Right. This is uh, Fox News this morning, and they were detailing the press's takeaway from the president's visit to uh, storm-ravaged Texas yesterday. I'm gonna, it's a minute 14, Doc, and listen to this, and I'm, then I'm going to lay out my theory, and I want you to weigh in on this. Listen to this. It's all about the shoes, guys. During a time of tragedy, we're talking about uh, high heels. So the, the first lady accompanied the president during his trip down to flood ravaged texas yesterday now she was filmed leaving the white house wearing a green jacket black pants and black high heel shoes and members of the media some members of the media were quick to criticize her because they said that wearing high heels were inappropriate uh, attire to wear in a flood zone so let's take a look at some of these headlines politico writes melania's stiletto sideshow a vanity fair says who wears stilettos in a hurricane melania trump and vogue says melania trump's hurricane stilettos and the white White House's continual failure to understand optics. And the Hollywood Reporter chimed in with a headline saying Melania Trump wears her stilettos to tour Houston flood zone. No joke. Well, what all of those journalists didn't know was that she brought a change of shoes with her on the plane <laughs> and she walked off the plane wearing sneakers. sneakers. Yeah. OK, so 
there are, there are things to unpack here, folks. And, and chief among them, number one, because Donald Trump had a rather successful and rather good day in Texas talking about the federal response to, to Hurricane Harvey and, and Tropical Storm Harvey subsequently, uh, they had to, to resort to bashing the first lady. And not only did they resort to bashing the first lady, but they got the story wrong. They reported it falsely. So, Doc, here, here is my theory. You've got the Democrat Party. And the Democrat Party has swapped out militant arms. They, they've dished the KKK, which was traditionally the Democrat Party's militant arm, and now they have Antifa. And the reason why we don't hear about Antifa is because the Democrat Party's marketing arm, which is the, the basket of biased press, is covering for Antifa. And in rather than co- covering that, they're covering Melania's foot attire into the storm zone. What do you think about that? Uh, I don't understand why this is such an issue other than this is clearly their agenda to try to make Trump look bad. The one thing I will say through Obama's administration, when I was critical, I was critical for real legitimate things. Substance. Substance. Policy. Things that were good or bad for America. I don't give a flying fig if Michelle Obama has nice arms, if she's wearing <laughs> J. Crew or not, or if it's a billion dollar dress, other than when they were telling people they were poor and people, you know, whatever. I just want consistency. And the same thing here. I don't care what she's wearing or not. Chris, you have people that are actually dying. There was a story out of Beaumont, Texas, of a, of a, of a toddler yes. whose mom drowned trying to save the toddler and the toddler was found clinging to the mom's dead body that's the story here and these knuckle heads are going shoes shoes melania trump shoes who the hell are you have you no soul yeah and you know what there was uh this professor out of florida who said that texas deserved this and he was just fired for those sentiments but but at, at the end of the day i want to focus on the press what do you think they're up to well, again, th- this, what I see going on, and there's a historical context to all of this, with the, with the Democrat Party, no message, no positive agenda for the United States of America. The only thing they have is the biased press. That is their marketing arm. True. Their marketing arm, they, they carry the water for the Democrat Party, even though the Democrat Party stands for nothing other than political sniping in the middle of a disaster. Uh, a natural disaster, which will probably go down, if not the top three, maybe the top a natural disaster this country's ever endured with Hurricane Harvey. Then you've got their militant arm, the Democrat Party's new militant arm, which is out there kicking the snot out of conservatives by falsely labeling them white supremacists just to silence their free speech. And the press doesn't report on, as a matter of fact, it took, what, weeks for Nancy Pelosi finally to condemn Antifa, which is out there with baseball bats, with nails uh, hammered into them, with throwing corrosive materials and urine and bottles and kicking the crap out of innocent people who were just out there who are trying to pray for freedom of speech on Berkeley's campus. Finally, Nancy Pelosi gets out there and condemns it, but only after, only after the press has spent weeks, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, ignoring this, and this is the cabal I'm putting together. The Democrat Party, with its marketing arm, the basket of biased press, and its militant arm, Antifa, all covering for one another. What do you think? I think there's, there's something to that. 
whether whether calculated, whether a master design or not, it seems to be playing out that way. And quite possibly it is a master design from, you know, some puppet masters behind the scene. Here's the good news, though, Chris, even though that's happening, this hurricane is going to do quite a bit of good because it's exposed a lot of that. And primarily there's been some exceptions to it, but primarily there's a lot of people that are saying, you know what, let's prioritize, which has been one of our problems we no longer prioritize we're worried about friggin statues and claims of discrimination unbiased ones against real problems in the world it's not Mm -hmm. just houston you've got you've got everybody for years now people don't get raises anymore because the economy has been so bad for so long we're in debt people can't put their kids to college you get people graduating from college with sixty thousand a hundred thousand dollars in debt that's real life that's legitimate And they're not prioritizing it. This storm and some of their antics with Antifa and the media, whatever, they're just they're pushing their own demise because people are getting fed up. You can see it. I can. You know what? And I am seeing more and more of it. They're they're laughing stocks that they are becoming laughing stocks and people. (laughs) CNN, Chris, I'm sorry. CNN. Is, yeah. is insane. It's like a parody. Like if we tried to, to make that up of like the ultimate bias news, we couldn't do that. It's nuts. And they're also serious about this. Now back to Donald Trump. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what? John King, to his credit, jumped on, 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 on CNN's air yesterday and he said, you know, why can't we just report that the president went down? He did He did it right. He didn't get anybody's way. He went into a part where the storm wasn't impacting. He toured what he could not to get in anybody's way, and he came back. Why do we have to get into that, what he called the muck? And, and it's, I'm thinking, is this John King of CNN? And and But it was him. It, even, now, when you, when you see John King of CNN tired of the narrative that I just yeah. played for you guys at the top, maybe maybe they've hit their peak and... Oh, by the way, can we mention North Korea? You know, firing a, a a missile not in the waters before, not in the waters around, but over a J- Japanese airspace. Come on, people! So what you have here is the storm has forced even CNN, who has been almost exclusively anti-Trump. I mean, like ninety some percent of their coverage for months has just been anti-Trump. That's storm, charitable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the storm has forced them to cover something else. And yet, even within that, they're like, "We got to get back in this Trump thing. How can we do this?" Yeah. The, in fact, the only other thing that would have stopped them from talking about Trump was uh, MH370. And if they brought that up, you can somehow bet it would have been Trump's fault. <laughs> he wasn't in office at the time. However, yes. he colluded with the Russians to bring down MH370. You know, and, and on that on that score, before we go to break here, the, the investigations are starting to ensnare more Democrats, which is what we we, we jumped on the air when when this whole thing started saying, you want to criminalize contact with Russia? Let's go down that road. And all of a sudden we're starting to find out interesting things about John Podesta's organization who just magically said, oops, sorry, a few years ago, we did some work for Vladimir Putin. We forgot to tell everybody, <laughs> but we get a do over because we're Democrats. This is this is getting this is getting real now for Democrats. So. Uh, that, that's why we haven't been hearing much about it well, in, and, the, in the press. And whether it's the Russian scandal or not, the Democrats have their own skeletons as well. well so you keep pushing this stuff. All you're mm-hmm. doing is exposing yourself. That's it. Well, you want to go loiter some more? 
Yeah, I think I'm out. I'm out. No. I got things to do, Chris. I'm going to take <laughs> off. I got people to yell at around the building with my megaphone. <laughs> Very good. Doc Thompson, everybody, the morning blaze. Thank you for uh, coming in. Let me bounce that theory off you. Folks, we got more to come on the Chris Salcedo Show here on the blaze. Be right back. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo Show. Listen, dial, speak. 888-900-3393. Coming up, the Chris Salcedo Show, we'll talk to Congressman Kevin Brady. Uh, not only Congressman Brady, but Congressman Culberson there, both from the uh, the Houston area, and get readouts on how their districts have been just inundated with, uh, with this hurricane and how much damage. Uh, we'll talk with Kevin Brady about also the president's tax pitch that he's making right now or just got through making in Springfield. But, uh, of course, Kevin uh, Kevin Brady's part of Ways and Means, folks. And they seem to be on the same page this time around. They weren't on health care. So let's see if they can get actual tax reform, not tax cuts done. Tax cuts do us no good, folks, by themselves, because you still have Congress spending like drunken sailors. Duncan, uh, drunken sailors with herpes. <laughs> that's that's how bad the spending in Congress is. So just cutting the money flow doesn't do any good. Actual reform must happen. So along with along with tax reform, a complete reformation on how taxes are collected, we need we need the spending to stop. So uh, Kevin Brady will be along. John Culberson. Uh, districts eight and seven respectively and then in the second hour the secretary of housing and urban development dr benjamin carson will be along on the chris salcedo show uh ladies and gentlemen let me let me just boil down why we're why we're paying so much attention to what's happening in the state of texas fox news channel gave us the 411 last night the most extreme rainfall event in u.s history 52 inches of rain have inundated Houston and the surrounding area since Hurricane Harvey stormed through over the weekend. And it's still raining in many places tonight. Damages are already in the billions. Much of that, especially for private residences, may not be covered because some 80% of the victims, we're told, did not have flood insurance. They'll be turning to the government for help. Families are homeless. The official death toll is unfortunately growing, but the drowning of a police officer who was heading out to help people. We're also clearly seeing the better side of America in these images as celebrities and athletes, politicians and regular folks pitch in with money, supplies and hard work to help. That is uh, on that last point. We are seeing the better part of us. We do not. We the American people are not living up to the basket of bias press impression of us. Uh, folks are jumping on the Chris Salcedo show Facebook page trying to defend that professor, that Florida professor uh, who tweeted that Texas deserved 
to get hit by the storm. Uh, some guy jumped on there and said, well, it's another misrepresentation by the media. He wasn't a professor, but a part-time visiting wannabe. Which, had, which prompted us to ask, so he wasn't a professor or was he? <laughs> he was. Just visiting. What? Whatever the hell. He's a reprobate. An idiot sandwich. Uh, other stories coming out of this, this tragedy, which do not reflect well on us. Uh, mostly the press. There was an individual by the name of, what is this? idiot's name Catherine Kruger she is with this source you probably haven't heard of called Splinter News Splinter News is a division of Fusion Fusion is Jorge Ramos's outfit so it's populated with a bunch of leftist kooks a bunch of leftist freaks a bunch of un-American a-holes yes Fusion Jorge Ramos's digs those individuals then they have a spinoff called splinter news and this individual by the name of Catherine cougar writes uh, kruger cougar could be either one Catherine kruger writes the following look at this abc news journalist being an effing narc in the middle of a hurricane what tom yamas was reporting on was looters Stealing. Because they could. And he reported it. And the folks at Jorge Ramos's outfit, Fusion, and their, their fake news outlet, Splinter News, didn't take too kindly to law and order. Now, these are big illegal alien proponents, too. Illegal immigration proponents. So anything that has to do with the rule of law, they can't stand. Well, it got real, if you'll, if you'll pardon the vernacular, it got real as yesterday these same people that Catherine Kruger was defending opened fire, according to the blaze. Who was writing this one up? This is uh, Brandon Morris. On Monday afternoon, looters reportedly fired on firefighters and rescue personnel while they were conducting rescue operations. Police were forced to halt their own rescue efforts in order to quickly move to protect firefighters. <laughs> the, these are the folks that uh, Catherine Kruger and Splinter News and Fusion were in such a hurry to defend yesterday. Looters in Houston targeted firefighters and rescue personnel. Now the city is striking back. Now, Splinter News and Jorge Ramos's fusion was out there fighting for the right of people to violate the law the way that sorry so-called news operation does on a daily basis. They love themselves some illegal immigration. But I, the reason, hey, look, I'm going to point out these leftist reprobates. One of the big stories of Hurricane Harvey is, I think Doc said it right, these people revealing themselves for being hate, hate-filled hate mongrels. Did you guys hear about Charitable Humans? That's an organization that's supposed to be, you know, charitable to humans. Turns out their Twitter guy got on and said, we're not sending any aid to a red state. 
Oh, loving liberals. Now, they, they've since said, oh, we're horrified by our Twitter actions. But they wouldn't tell us the name of the reprobate leftist who actually tweeted it out to begin with. Kevin Brady, up next, Chris Salcedo Show. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody. Let's get on over to uh, our first guest today. Congressman Kevin Brady represents the 8th Congressional District in the great state of Texas, chairman of the powerful Ways and Means Committee, and a key point man on the effort to, to rid the country of Obamacare and tax reform. Congressman Brady, welcome back to the Salcedo Show. Chris, thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm, uh, I'm well. Let me play uh, this soundbite that came yesterday from Art Acevedo, who was the Houston uh, Police Department chief. And I want to get your reaction, sir. Our Cajun Navy, you know, our American Cajun Navy that, that helped us look for him. So um, we couldn't find him. And uh, once our dive team got there, it was too treacherous to, to go under and look for him. So we made the decision to leave officers there uh, waiting until the morning. Because as much as we wanted to recover him last night, we could not put another more officers at risk. So a very tearful Chief Acevedo, when the, as the, uh, the Houston Police Department lost one of their own, going to, trying to do his duty. Your reaction, Congressman? Yeah, it is. Uh, look, we're seeing that kind of heroism all around uh, the region. Uh, and it is, um, look, it's been tough, uh, no question about it. Uh, our, Especially our emergency responders, look, they've been... They're out of gas. They've been going 24-7. Many of them don't have a home to go back to. Uh, it is, uh, but they're still there. The volunteers, boy, from around the country, Louisiana, my 18-year-old son, he and his buddies were out with their boats rescuing about 100 people yesterday down the wow. region. And so, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, there's so many, amid all this tragedy, there's some, some wonderful stories. I feel like, Chris, weather-wise, we turned a, a corner a bit yesterday, and uh, where the sun started to come out a bit, the, the rain uh, stopped. Uh, my area starts north of Houston, heads toward Dallas. You know, our rivers and creeks crested yesterday. We were still plugging. Our emergency responders still plucking people off of roofs and evacuating folks. But, but we think now that they've crested, the, those waters will start to recede. Uh, we'll get a couple days here. We'll see what the weather does as it uh, as the uh, storm hits uh, Beaumont, Lake Charles, that direction. Uh, but but today, you know, feels better. Now it's really recovery uh, for the most part. We got a lot of folks in shelters. We got a lot of people waiting to sign up for FEMA. I went to Austin yesterday, meet with the president, and the governor. Uh, four of my counties need a federal disaster declaration. I got exactly. The answer I'd hoped for, which is yes. So we're really close to getting that uh, uh, done as well. So everybody, every point on the compass that's been hit down here is still working their way through it. Yeah, the 8th Congressional District. Uh, can you outline the extent of the damage? What kind, your district in particular, what kind of recovery are you guys looking at from and what kind of damage did it, did it endure? 
Yeah, in short, unprecedented uh, damage um, because, uh, again, all the flooding, the, the rain, receiving a year's worth of rain in about five days, it's just uh, difficult to imagine. And so the, the impacts on our homes, especially businesses as well, we'll know more about that damage as the waters r- recede on the business side of this. So right now our focus is, has been uh, starting yesterday afternoon recovery and RER uh, EMT uh, emergency responders are also reaching out to help Harris County and other counties as well. So it's too early to tell, but the answer is it's going to be unprecedented. I want to get your reaction. By the way, Congressman Kevin Brady, our guest right now, 8th Congressional District, folks. He's the chairman of the Powerful Ways and Means Committee. Uh, former Obama uh, officials like Ben Rhodes, other Democrats trying to make political hay, blaming uh, Republicans for the weather and and uh, playing politics, in my view, in the middle of a disaster. Uh, if you don't want to go down this road and, and, and show class that they are not, I'll, I'll perfectly accept that. But do you have a reaction to what to to all of this uh, blaming Republicans for the weather and man-made global warming and all that? You know, uh, I caught a glimpse of that uh, and just uh, ignored it because we've got Look, we're all focused on relief and recovery right now. They should be as well. And I would put Governor Christie uh, in that group as well. Look, there's a time and place to have debates on funding issues like that. But while you have police officers drowning in their car, while you've got a family sick swept away, an 89-year-old woman, 89-year-old grandmother uh, being swept to their death, uh, this is where that's the time you focus on helping communities, not criticizing them. And I'll also have noticed uh, they try to pick apart uh, our Democrat mayor and our Republican county judge for not evacuating. They're the local officials who know the region best. They made exactly the right call, by the way, uh, in all of this. And so, look, um, our focus is just different from what you're seeing with some of those political, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me play uh, one who, uh, one Democrat who is praising the federal response, and I'll get you to evaluate it as well. Here's John Bell Edwards from Louisiana, whose state is getting hammered right now. Well, first of all, let me tell you, the, the federal government has been excellent. Uh, the president has called twice. He signed the declaration we requested within a few hours of our making the request on Sunday evening. Uh, Acting Secretary of Homeland Security, uh, Duke, uh, has been wonderful. And, and FEMA Administrator uh, Brock has, has been great as well. Congressman, do you share the evaluation of the yeah. Trump administration's response? Chris, I really do. One, one ahead of the storm. It's been excellent. Look, we started with a great base here. Governor Abbott and his team have been ready from day one, and so have our local officials in a big way. But uh, President Trump's team has been on the ground since day one. Yesterday, I had a chance to meet with him in Austin. He had his whole key ca- cabinets there, uh, uh, his FEMA administrator. Well, they're just working lockstep with uh, – with our Texas folks in a great way. And so I know there's a lot more work left to be done. This recovery will be long, and they know that. But, boy, what I've seen so far has really been encouraging. And the rest of the country, of course, uh, almost every state has sent help uh, to, the, yeah. to, to the state of Texas. So uh, the, the governor yesterday on television expressing gratitude for the help around the rest of the United States. And on that note, Congressman, uh, White House advisor Kellyanne Conway talking with Brett Baer on Fox News yesterday talked about 
an event that will be happening today with the president. Have a listen. The president will provide his roadmap and his rollout tomorrow in Springfield, Missouri, Brent. And what he will talk about is that we need a simpler system. We spend about six, seven billion hours, by some estimates, a year just tr- trying to comply with this tax code. And the tax code is currently configured, really benefits those who can afford a flotilla of lawyers and attorneys to show them, excuse me, lawyers and accountants to show them uh, different ways around the tax code. Um, he wants to make sure that we lower the marginal rates, it's middle class tax reform, and also to do away with the special interest and the the swamp-centric handouts and carve-outs, if you will. Uh, That's Kellyanne Conway again yesterday talking about your speciality, uh, Congressman Brady. Uh, Does does the president have an ally in Congress to get not tax cuts, but actual tax reform done? Yeah, he does, absolutely. um, So we're doing this so much differently than health care. We're getting on the same page. The president, to his credit, uh, said yes to our efforts, our request earlier this year. Let's get the House, the Senate, and the White House together on bold, transformational Reagan-style tax reform. Uh, he readily said yes. We've been working forward together since then, and having him uh, help launch this effort nationally uh, today, I think, is critically important. You're going to need presidential leadership to get this done, just as we did with Reagan. And in my view, is the president is all in on this. Congressman Kevin Brady, everybody, representing the 8th Congressional District in the great state of Texas, hit hard by uh, by Hurricane Harvey. Sir, appreciate the time, as always, here on the Salcedo Show. Chris, thank you so much for having me. Let's stay in touch on tax reform, because you're a real champion for this. Yes, sir. You know it. Uh, we'll, I know we will it. Be, I love it. Yeah, well, we will do our best to um, hold Congress's feet to the fire. And, and you guys, I, I know that many of you are going, well, wait, what's Chris talking about with this idea of tax cuts opposed to tax reform. Tra- tax reform shelves the entire 75,000-page monstrosity that is our tax code. And it, it, that's what reform looks like. Cuts, it's just one or two pages inside of that 75,000-page monstrosity that just changes the rates. That's all. All the other carve-outs and crony capitalism, it all stays in there. And what we need is a tax code that's simpler and fairer uh, and that, well, you know, with apologies to all you CPAs, you may have to go into the corporate world because having having tax preparers, having to jump through so many hoops just for us to do our civic duty in paying taxes, it ought not be that way. And 75,000 pages is unworthy of the United States of America. That tax code is a monstrosity and deserves to be shelved. Okay, we got more coming up on the Chris Salcedo Show. Stick around right here on The Blaze. Dismantling liberal ideology, one issue at a time. This is the Chris Salcedo Show, the Blaze Radio Network. The Chris Salcedo Show. All right, welcome back. I'll try to get you guys uh, some of that information that I was talking about with uh, Hillary Clinton. Uh, And some of it has to do with something the Trump administration is, uh, I'm a little perplexed. And the Trump administration 
needs to get its FBI under control. Uh, that's all coming up with the Chris Salcedo show because the the excuses we're being fed as to why we're not getting information about Hillary Clinton and that investigation are lame. Lame. Uh, I want to say something about that charity we mentioned briefly before the interview with Congressman Kevin Brady. Charitable Humans is the name of it. And you get the sense they're just a bunch of left-wingers. One person we're to believe of Charitable Humans team who was in charge of their social media. By the way, all their social media has been taken down. You go to their webpage and it's a tearful, I'm sorry. Well, sort of, I'm sorry. The long story short was the, the individual in charge of their social media basically said, we're not going to send any help to a red state. So they're just a bunch of leftists at this so-called charity. But Charitable Human says, we're horrified by our Twitter actions. They didn't name the individual who sent out a tweet on this so-called charitable organization's behalf, but they go through a rather lengthy explanation as to why they're sorry without really actually saying they're sorry. This is, the, this is not who we are, is the, the long and short of it. At the end of their, their, their I'm not going to read any of it to you guys. It's not even worth reading. It's, they get 501c3 status, tax-exempt, and one, one wonders... Oh, well, here we go. The real us. Charitable Humans is a progressive 501c3 tax-exempt nonprofit organization because we know under Obama's IRS, progressive organizations got thumbs up, tax-exempt status right away. But if you were conservative Tea Party or some other, you know, red flags, you know, you're, you're still in limbo. Why has John Koskinen not been fired from the Internal Revenue Service? Why? I'm asking. Anywho, so the real us, Charitable Humans is a progressive 501c3 organization. Well, that's all you need to know. That's why they're not, they don't want to help out a red state. There are no words to express the distaste and hateful words that our social media coordinator unleashed on what was supposed to represent Charitable Humans. Okay, well, uh, the... Liberal ideology doesn't fall too far from the tree, if you ask me. But there's charitable humans, folks, and what progressives, just like that professor from, where was that? Florida? Is that where he was from? Florida? Pablo, go to Florida. Pablo, please go to Florida. Who said that uh, he he was happy that the hurricane hit Texas. Texas deserved it. Okay. Um. Oh, yes. And something we brought up yesterday, Joel Osteen, many of you know him. He's an, he's an evangelist, has a mega church down in the Houston area. And it was, he was getting savaged on, on social media. We put up the story, put it in both sides, folks who were savaging him and him saying, look, we got flooded or the, the, the streets around us were flooded. Nobody could get to my mega church. That's why we're not opening it. Well, Fox News got to the bottom of it, and Osteen contacted them. We actually put in a word asking him to call us, and here's what they came up with. 
Popular megachurch pastor Joel Osteen's reputation took a hit on social media for not opening his Lakewood church during the storm. But these photos explain why. They sent Fox exclusive pictures showing parts of the building underwater and inaccessible. When some waters receded, Osteen opened the doors of his house of worship to flood victims, saying, Victoria and I care deeply about our fellow Houstonians. Lakewood's doors are opened and we are receiving anyone who needs shelter. So... The social media backlash on Osteen wasn't entirely earned. Uh, he had flooding and, and has since opened up his doors. So I hope we can put that thing to bed. And lastly, you heard us referencing this. I want to get a little more into it. Carlos Garcia on theblaze.com wrote this up. A mother goes to incredible lengths to save her child from Hurricane Harvey, but at a terrible cost. This woman... Uh, got caught, swept away in, in these waters, trying to escape the floodwaters. And a three-year-old baby girl that was with her, hers, when rescuers pulled them out of the water, the the three-year-old little girl was clinging to her mother, and her mother, they tried to revive her mom, but they couldn't do it. And um, just some of the tragedies that are coming out of this. And, it, you know, when you think about it, it just makes all this, the liberal Democrat political sniping just so shallow. Ben Carson, next hour, coming up. This is The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of the next generation of talk radio. This is the Blaze Radio Network. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Batches. I don't have to show you any stinking batches. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hour two underway. We'll lead off this hour, folks, with a flip around. Now that the president is not speaking about uh, tax reform, probably uh, slice and dice his, his uh, announcement about tax reform and get you guys some details on that at tomorrow. In the meantime, let's get to the flip around. Right, Well, you know what? We're starting off on Fox Business, and they happen to be talking about, well, tax reform. Country that we love so much. The president also began his speech with remarks about Hurricane Harvey, saying he has seen the resilience of the American people firsthand, adding that we will restore, recover, and rebuild. Ashley, back to you. Very- you know, on that on that note, many are observing that we have a president who is who is kind of good at this stuff, building, and that uh, he has already started to streamline and get rid of a lot of red tape in Washington D.C. that a lot of bureaucrats make a very comfortable living off of. So that if he wanted to get rid of intransigence from Democrats, that he could make the centerpiece of his infrastructure program. The rebuilding of the uh, the Houston area, South Texas, the Gulf Coast, and then uh, perhaps dare the Democrats to oppose him. It's not a bad political, you know, sometimes good policy does make for good politics. Let's get over to MSNBS. The Texans who have been affected, uh, what's your sense of, of, of what makes how this president has responded to his disaster different from president's past? 
Well, Jenna captured it exactly right in that piece she wrote, which was he, he went down to Texas, but at least on that first trip, he didn't meet with any of the victims of the hurricane. And he at times almost seemed to forget that he was there on a relief effort and almost held a brief, but an impromptu political rally where he, oh. he kind of turned to the people assembled and said, you know, what, what a crowd, look at this crowd. I mean, that's not typical heading to a hurricane zone. You know, this look, this, this is because he is not following their script because he's operating in his own manner. These individuals, these individuals in the press. I he did everything right. I, you know what? I wish I could find that soundbite from from uh, from John King. The, these people really who is this? This is uh, a former White House reporter on MSNBS. They, they can't. They can't crucify him on some on substance. So they have to say, well, he he praised them too much. He had a, a campaign rally. He was saying, oh, look at the crowd. And the folks were there. They were they were happy to see their president. He made sure he went into the part of the coast where he wasn't going to be interfering with rescue efforts. But he wanted to show that he was there and he was with them. I just these people will stop at nothing. If there was legitimate criticism, folks, I would sit here and I would I would agree with a basket of biased press. But these folks are just harpies. That's all they are. Let's get over to Fox News. Oh, and boy, do we have impressive numbers out there. Uh, this is the one that's really caught a lot of people's attention. This is that Port Arthur area, uh, up to 45 inches. And that really coming here just in the last 24 to 30 hours, uh, a lot of very heavy rain is still falling along that coast. Here's how that played out. There's your part, Port Arthur area. Just... Yeah, you guys can't see the uh, the maps. The, the rainfall totals they're referencing are 52 inches of rain. And then in Port Arthur, 45 inches of rain. It is it is likely to be the biggest storm in uh, in recorded history here in the United States. Uh, you know what? I, and I've got an update earlier from this morning from Port Arthur, what they're talking about. I'll play that before the break. But uh, let's see what CNN is talking about. Uh, appropriations. Uh, if it's specific for Harvey, I think that that will be successful. We are. Um, I am so impressed with other parts of the country, other members uh, uh, from Boston to California are sending help. They're sending volunteers uh, uh, to, to come to the area uh, to help because a lot of these areas have had problems themselves. Uh, that's Congressman Ted Poe from Texas. Uh, that is also his district. One of his districts are have been impacted, or his district has been impacted, one of the areas in South Texas. Uh, he's talking about getting relief money. Uh, and it was Katie Turr who had her lunch handed to her yesterday by by uh, Senator Ted Cruz. And Katie Turr, as is typical of the basket of biased press, interjecting liberal politics into a national disaster. Uh, but a lot of people are pointing out that you voted against aid for Sandy after that catastrophic, catastrophic storm up in the Northeast, that package back in 2012. Uh, and they're, they're pointing at you and saying you're asking for money now when you weren't willing to help the people in the Northeast. What do you have to say to them? Oh, oh, by the way, folks, when when Katie Turr says, what do you have to say about those critics? She really means her. Uh, you know, look, they, 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 there's time for political sniping later. I think our it's focus really needs to be on this crisis Senator. and this, this These are people who needed money and who needed funding right after. Do you hear how personally she took it when he classified? Really, she said it was other people's criticisms, but they're really hers. 
So you you hear how personally she took it when he when he called what she really wanted to find out. Uh, political sniping and how she pushed back immediately later i think our it's focus really needs to be on this crisis Senator, and this, this these are people who needed money and who needed funding right after that storm i covered those people many of them just like those in houston lost absolutely everything they owned well, Katie, Katie, of course, that's right. And, and the accurate thing to say is that I and a number of others enthusiastically and emphatically supported hurricane relief. The hurricane relief and disaster relief has been a vital federal role for a long, long time, and it should continue. The problem with that particular bill is it became a $50 billion bill that was filled with unrelated pork. Two thirds of that bill had nothing to do with Sandy. Yeah. And you know what? Now, the fact checker over at The Washington Post has taken issue with Senator Ted Cruz classification that two thirds of the bill was pork. But, but at the end, even the Washington post fact checker was forced to concede that a lot of money was put into that bill that was unrelated to hurricane Sandy to which I say not one damn penny in that bill should have been related to anything other than Sandy. And Katie Turr and the Washington Post cannot sit there and tell the American people that that bill was not laden down with a whole bunch of pork, billions of dollars of pork, which it was. I remember the bill. And there was no room for what, what, did, what did Ted Cruz call it? And, and what I said then and still believe now is, is that it's not right for politicians to exploit a disaster and people are hurting to pay for their own political wish list. I agree. One hundred percent. There shouldn't have been one damn dollar in there for somebody's political wish list. It should have all been one. If you're going to call a damn bill, Sandy Relief, every damn penny ought to be for Sandy Relief. And the Washington Post fact checker and Katie Turr cannot say that it was. Because it wasn't. Now, that's just my personal opinion. But, you know greasing one's skids or trying to get the gears of government going by bribery during an, uh, a disaster on our nation. I don't think that's right of a lot of liberal progressives to do. And guarantee you the vast majority of pork was going to Democrat districts. Last thing up uh, Fox news. When we woke up this morning, there, there are problems in the Eastern part of the Houston Metroplex, the fourth most populous city in our country, folks, uh, on the east side and on the west side where Port Arthur is. And this is what was going on. Had to basically take shelter from this storm. And then the water started to come in there. Um, Port Arthur got something like 40 inches of rain from this storm thus far. Uh, and the water just continues to rise. And the problem there is that it's just not it's not a big town. Again, it's 50,000 people. They don't have a lot of emergency uh, operations. They don't have enough people to answer 911 calls. We were seeing uh, there was one woman who was on Twitter saying my phone battery is at 9 percent. I don't have power. I can't charge it up. I'm pregnant and I have no way to get out of here. Good grief. Yeah. So as the storm is exiting, it's still dropping a boatload, a boatload of water. A lot of folks are still under the gun, and now it's going to be Louisiana's problem coming up shortly. All right, folks, we'll talk to Congressman John Culberson next, and stick around, Dr. Benjamin Carson, the 
uh, Housing and Urban Development Secretary will be along. He was with President Trump on the ground in Texas yesterday. Big full show yet to come on the Blaze Radio Network. Reminding America that limited constitutional government is cool. The Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. Texas, what do you need? How can we help? You can count on us. What I've learned is we can count on the President of the United States and his staff for helping Texas. Texas has been tested, but our response to this challenge has been made much more effective because of the very effective way the president and his staff has helped Texas respond to this challenge. Let's talk more about this with Republican Congressman John Culberson. He represents the 7th Congressional District in the great state of Texas. Sir, welcome back to the Chris Salcedo Show. Glad to have you on. Uh, uh, Chris, it's, uh, it's, uh, fortunately, the sun is shining again, uh, which is good news. I was delayed in calling in because my mother and father-in-law in Orange are now being evacuated as we speak by boat. Uh, and I was dealing with that, and then my brother was evacuated by boat yesterday. Uh, we've been trapped in uh, our subdivision up here in northwest Harris County. I'm, I'm out in Copperfield, and uh, today will be the first day I'll be in you know, the subdivision. Wow. Uh, it's just a catastrophic, 52 inches of rain, unheard of. And uh, But we're all, everyone, neighbors are helping neighbors, and we're using social media very successfully, Chris, uh, using an app called Next Door, and I encourage your listeners to download it uh, from the App Store on their smartphone. It's called Next Door, and it, you sign in for free, set up an account in your neighborhood, and you will instantly see all of your neighbors and friends, and and people are are volunteering their 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 boats, their trucks, and coordinating uh, these evacuations in the neighborhoods. And uh, we've still got some homes flooding. Uh, out yeah. in West Houston. So this is an ongoing catastrophe. Yeah, Congressman, I think you just you just put an exclamation point on the fact that even though the storm is pulling out, uh, we are far from out of the woods, especially in parts of, well, Port Arthur, I'm sure you've heard the reports out there, and also in, in the western side of the Metroplex uh, of Houston. Let me ask you this. Uh, detail for us, if you will, because I know you're getting reports, of the damage done in the 7th District. What are you guys looking at? Well, Certainly, we're going to have thousands, not tens of thousands of homes uh, flooded in uh, just on the west side. And the damage we still today will be the first opportunity with the sun shining uh, that and some of the streets beginning to drain that we'll actually be able to get out and really get a, get a good feel for what the, the scale of the, the of the of the loss is, uh, Chris. But it's catastrophic. And we have homes flooded that have never flooded before. The National Weather Service has called this a 1,000-year flood. And the uh, uh, my in-laws who are in Orange right now are literally being evacuated from their home by boat as we speak. That's yes. why I was delayed calling into the show. So this is an ongoing, unfolding catastrophe. But the uh, Flood Control District in Houston held a press conference this morning uh, with the Army Corps. And they said the uh, good news is that the rivers and creeks and bios in the Houston area have crested and they should begin to fall. 
in uh, in the Houston area, and that's good news. The San Jacinto is crested. Uh, the uh, one of the challenges that we've got is that Attucks and Barker Reservoir are completely full, and the engineers that uh, operate it. Uh, their highest priority, of course, is to protect lives and property, but they've got to protect the integrity of those dams. And the uh, the dams are very full, and uh, they've been having to do controlled releases. They announced at their press conference this morning uh, the, the controlled releases they're doing. Uh, so this is an unfolding situation, Chris. It changes by the hour. Yeah. Uh, bye, folks. I, we're talking with Congressman. Uh, John Culberson representing the 7th District in Texas down there in uh, to the south of us. Uh, look, I, uh, I, I played a soundbite earlier for Congressman Brady. I'm going to play it for you, and then I'm gonna, I'll add to it with another devastating story. Here is the Houston Police Chief, Art Acevedo, announcing the death of, of, of a first responder, one of his police That's officers. Awful. Listen, sir. Uh, our Cajun Navy, you know, our American Cajun Navy. That helped us look for him, so um, we couldn't find him. And uh, once our dive team got there, it was too treacherous to, to go under and look for him. So we made the decision to leave officers there uh, waiting until the morning, because as much as we wanted to recover him last night, we could not put another more officers at risk. And then you add to that what was going on in Beaumont with a mother who sacrificed her own life to save a three, her three-year-old little girl. The first responders plucked her out, of, and the little girl and her mother out of the water. Uh, they couldn't revive the mom, but the little girl survived. Uh, your reaction, Congressman, just, to these stories of sacrifice? It's just heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. We've just got uh, a catastrophe that, unlike any we've ever seen before, and we are, we are the, the, I cannot say enough good things about our first responders, our law enforcement officers and everyone else who's putting their lives on the line to save their their fellow Texans. It's just a, it's a heartbreaking story. And the, uh, the the way the people of Houston have and Texas have stepped up to help each other, uh, the great news about the Cajun Navy coming in. Uh, Congressman Garrett Grave, in fact, called me, uh, uh, gosh, what, what day is this? For Wednesday. This has been the longest <laughs> week, Chris, this disaster. I, I, I just, the days just stretch on because this is endless. Garrett Graves called and said, we've got a, on spontaneous 110 trucks coming to Texas from Louisiana carrying 100 boats loaded with red beans and rice and jambalaya and water and diapers and supplies, and they call themselves the Cajun Navy. And those good folks came in here to help us spontaneously. I just got a report, Chris, very quickly of a uh, of, of a guy from Michigan was out is out rescuing people in West Houston with his boat. He drove down here from Michigan pulling a boat to help us. You just can't say enough good things about these great people that are stepping up to help us. This is a great country, and I've never been prouder to be a Texan than right now. I hear that. You know, let me get your reaction, too, because the press is teamed up, as they typically do, with the American left, uh, former Deputy National Security Advisor to Obama. Uh, ben Rhodes tweeted out the following. How will GOP explain to our kids that it failed to combat climate change or prepare for its impact because it denied basic facts? Congressman, uh, in the midst of the tragedy your own family is going through and the region is going through, what is your reaction to, to Ben Rhodes, a, a creative writing major, uh, making a tweet like that in the middle of a disaster? 
I'm just going to ignore political sniping. It's ridiculous, absurd. We're in the midst of a catastrophe of epic proportions where human lives have been lost, where uh, immense property damage and suffering is being endured by people who've, there's almost nothing worse than a flood. I mean, you've just got, uh, homes will be, homes are ruined, life, their life savings are invested in their home. And and they've had this catastrophic loss. Just I just ignore all political sniping of any kind. We've all got to pull together as Americans, arm in arm, to recover from, to save each other right now, to minimize the loss to damage, uh, damage to property, and then work together in Congress immediately, arm in arm, to uh, to pass the emergency appropriations uh, that Texas and Louisiana will need uh, to rebuild and heal after this storm is over. Let's all look forward and focus on how do we help each other arm in arm. Well said, Congressman. Uh, representing the 7th District here in the great state of Texas, John Culberson, sir, appreciate your time. Uh, and a very stressful you, morning for your family personally. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, that, that was uh, that was a uh, a harrowing experience for the congressman when we talked to him earlier today on the Chris Salcedo Show. Just as he was scheduled to call in, he's getting word that his family's being evacuated. This is hitting everybody. Hitting, whether you're a... Uh, rich, poor, doesn't matter. Uh, the weather, uh, the weather doesn't care. And you know what? What I've noticed here, ladies and gentlemen, is is part of a trend. Is that all the sniping is coming from the Democrat side of the aisle? That the leftists, e- even you heard in the news update, that the Democrat mayor of Houston, after he was the one, and I know that Congressman Brady said that he made the right call, but he was the one out there saying. Don't believe these reports that this is going to be 50 inches of rain. He and his emergency response team, don't don't leave in Moss, the, the area of Houston. Well, it wasn't 50 inches of rain. It was 52 inches of rain. Um, Dr. Benjamin Carson, one of the guys trying to rise above it all, not get political. Can't say the same about the basket of biased press or Democrats, but he's on next on the Salcedo Show. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo Show. All right, folks, welcome back. Uh, you know, on March 2nd of this year, Dr. Benjamin Carson was sworn in as the 17th Secretary of the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. For nearly 30 years, Secretary Carson served as Director of Pediatric Neurosurgery at John Hopkins Children's Center. He was a presidential candidate in the 2016 cycle, and it's a pleasure to welcome back Dr. Benjamin Carson to the Chris Salcedo Show. Sir, uh, I'm glad you're here with us today. Good to be with you again. You were traveling with the president yesterday. You saw firsthand the devastation in South Texas. I, I know you to be a man of God and a man of great empathy. Give us your unvarnished reaction, sir. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to even imagine what people are going through because, you know, not only is it a matter of your safety, you look at how deep that water is in some places coming up to the roof. But also when you think about the emotional loss, 
not only of your home that you've worked for so hard, and in many of those cases, people did not have flood insurance, uh, but, but also you think about your treasured possessions and family heirlooms that are lost. Those things are irreplaceable. There's no monetary. Uh, so, you know, when we think about people in those kinds of situations, um, you know, our hearts go out to them. But here was the good thing. And this is what, what is encouraging about the people in Texas. The first responders were largely neighbors and people who were not government officials who were coming in and sometimes at risk to themselves. And they were helping to save people. And they weren't asking them whether they were Democrats or Republicans. They were just saying, here's my fellow American, and they're in need. If only we could, uh, if we could bottle that, and we could that all the time. What a difference it would make. I, I'm glad, Do- uh, Dr. Carson, Secretary Carson, you you pointed that out because we saw blacks rescuing whites, white rescuing blacks, Hispanics uh, rescuing everybody. It was it was a it was a demonstration of what America truly is, in my view, not the distortion we're seeing through much of the press now. What will HUD's role, I know that there are still a lot of areas that are deeply impacted today from continued rain, continued flooding, and there's still very much rescue and recovery efforts going on. But if we can dare to peek ahead at the rebuilding efforts, what will HUD's role be in those recovery efforts in the vast area? And this this is a I, I don't know the stat on this. Uh, exactly, but it seems to be to me to be one of the more historically large areas impacted by a natural disaster. What do you um, what What do you foresee as HUD's role? Well, well, first of all, uh, a lot of times when people think of HUD's role, they think only of the recovery phase. But we're already involved uh, in the early phases by um, you know el- eliminating or forestalling uh, foreclosure proceedings uh, by providing mortgage insurance and rehabilitation insurance and Section 108 loans. Um, All of these things are happening right now. But in the long run, obviously, we're very concerned about the people uh, who are supported uh, through HUD programs. And many of the most vulnerable people, a lot of the elderly, a lot of the disabled, and making sure that we know where those people are, uh, what's being done for them in terms of shelters, in terms of transition housing, and in terms of permanent housing. And, of course, in the long run, it's going to be restoring uh, people who have lost their homes. Um, as you probably know, you know, a large percentage of Americans have homes uh, because of FHA-backed mortgage. And, uh, you know, those people are going to need help. Uh, They need, uh, you know, technical help in terms of how to restore those homes, in terms of how to replace those homes. So we're going to be involved in this for years to come until we can reach that, that place of restoration. The U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development Secretary, Dr. Benjamin Carson, our guest right now on the Chris Salcedo Show. And, Dr. Carson, you brought up the fact earlier in the interview that that a lot of these people, I heard the figure as high as 80% did not have flood insurance. What programs are available for them to take advantage of inside of the government? Well, of course, uh, the initial response is going to be through FEMA. And, of course, there would be a possibility of very low-interest loans 
through the Small Business Administration. And then, of course, uh, there are our programs through CDBG, uh, Disaster Relief, uh, as well as our traditional programs. So, but there are also a number of state and local uh, agencies and programs, and I would encourage people uh, to go to uh, disaster.gov, uh, which uh, provides multiple uh, avenues for help. Yeah, we'll have to get that word out over and over and over again because a lot of the folks affected by uh, the, the storm Harvey don't even have power or even Internet access. As a matter of fact, where we our understanding is a lot of these folks are communicating with the outside world using social media with whatever battery life they have left on their on their devices. Uh, the president made uh, a disaster declaration, and this opened up a whole bunch of avenues for HUD uh, for example, to provide mortgage and for- foreclosure relief, what other assistance programs can HUD offer in the, the short term, medium, and then long term? Uh, well, we're we're also uh, helping the states and the local government uh, to be able to reallocate uh, a lot of the federal resources toward disaster relief. That has been a huge problem in the past, and there was so much red tape involved that it was essentially like not having that aid. That's happening right now at this moment. And uh, we have programs to help people uh, with their rents. We have uh, voucher programs. Uh, As you may remember during uh, Katrina, we were able to offer uh, vouchers that people could then take to hotels and to be able to uh, reside there for a period of time. We're looking at new and innovative ways to use that concept and perhaps uh, get people to be able to reside in individual homes. It's particularly important in small areas that that don't have much in the way of hotel uh, accommodations. Uh, and But there are plenty of people there who have homes with two or three extra bedrooms and uh, could benefit from some extra cash as well. So, you know, we're looking at all of these possibilities uh, and and novel ways of taking care of this problem, but the problem will be solved. Dr. Carson, one last thing. I'm going to ask you to dip into your your medical experience, if I can. Once the the floodwaters start to recede and after the storm is completely out of the area, health concerns that that folks should be on the lookout for after, after inundation like this from this much water? Well, initially, we're going to have a, a gigantic mosquito problem. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the big problem is going to be mold because that's what water does. That's the long-term effect of water damage. And sometimes it's not even seen. And if you have unscrupulous uh, you know, rehab people come in and just cover it over and paint over it, uh, that does not solve the, the, the mold problem. And uh, that have long, long-term effects. So people need to be aware of that. They need to be asking questions when somebody comes in and starts rehabbing their house. They need to actually see what it is so they can understand what's going on. Dr. Benjamin Carson, folks, he is the Secretary of the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. It has been a pleasure to talk with you once again, sir. And if anything comes up, come back to the Chris Salcedo Show, and we'll do our best to get the word out, sir. Thank you for being here. I look forward to it. Thank you. Bye-bye. And, you know, black mold, folks, uh, mold and black mold, it is, it is nasty business.
and you get that in your lungs and it could be it could be a long road to recovery but you know you, you don't even have to be in a storm zone or in a disaster area to to have that type of particulate matter roaming around your home pollens dust mites you know mold spores you need to have your filters spot on don't you uh, ju- just like uh, I've been telling you here the last couple of weeks, HVAC filters, you got you to change them every, every three months. And if you don't, well, you could be feeling pretty crummy. Not just, not, not just the folks who are in a, a major disaster area, but just normal everyday folks who are going about your, your everyday business. May I suggest filterby.com? You go to filterby.com and you can set it and forget it, especially if you're one of the people like me that just cannot remember to save my life or to save my sinuses to remember to change my filter inside of my HVAC system because at filterby.com you can set up for automatic delivery so every three months boom new filters show up on your doorstep and it's like oh I guess I got to change these out now filterby.com you can you can put going to the big box stores and and rummaging around on those dusty shelves, uh, you can make that a thing of the past. Don't have to worry about studying online to find out what a MERV or an NPR is. Filterby.com, they will show you the filter that you need for your house, and then they will ship that filter within 24 hours. And oh, by the way, shipping is free. And in case you run a business, depending on the size of your business, you could be changing out, what, six, seven, maybe 10, 15 filters, depending on how many how many uh, units you have in your business. Well, if that's the case, you don't want to take up a whole bunch of space in storage space to store filters. So why don't you go with filterby.com and they'll deliver exactly how much you need every three months. You throw out the old, put in the new and slam, bam, thank you, ma'am. You're done. When was the last time you changed your HVAC filters? Experts suggest doing this every two to three months, folks. So go to filterby.com, get any size, no matter how weird or outdated your system might be. You get the best price shipped to your home for free within 24 hours. It's a no-brainer when you go with filterby.com, made right here in the good old US of A, filterby.com. When we come back, the Russia probe is starting to ensnare Democrats. That's why you're not hearing so much about it, I would I would suggest. It's all coming up. The Chris Salcedo Show right here on The Blaze. This is The Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, to, to expand on what Ben Rhodes had tweeted out, again, this is the, the reprobate. One of the reprobates, one of the many reprobates inside of the Obama administration. Here's a guy who is a creative writing major who Barack Obama said, Lama McClure, you're a creative writing major? Oh, let me make you deputy national security advisor. yes. Barack Obama thought to be a qualified deputy national security advisor, one only need a creative writing degree. And well, Ben Rhodes living up to his reputation. How will now remember people are dying. A mother, a mother died to save her three year old girl, a police officer drowned in his police car. And here comes Ben Rhodes, folks, a member of the extremist left wing. 
one of uh, one of these uh, Antifa types. How will GOP explain to our kids that it failed to combat climate change or prepare for its impacts because it denied basic facts? Facts. Folks, man-made global warming is a theory. It is not a fact. It is a theory, and it hasn't been proven. So uh, we wrote back on the Chris Salcedo Show to Ben Rhodes. Oh, look, the creative writing major is spinning another yarn. Please look up the word proof. And then theory. Also the words weather and climate. Putts. And then we went further. One more thing, Benny. Real scientists interviewed on at the Democrats marketing arm, the biased press, won't even make the leftist leap you made. And it's true. It's true. Find the Ben Rhodes tweet and let him know what you think about him. While our countrymen are suffering... He can't wait to play ludicrous politics. By the way, you notice that the the whole Russia narrative has disappeared. Could it be because of headlines like this? In the Daily Beast, hardly right-wing central folks, Paul Manafort, or Satan as uh, many in the press have deemed him, teamed up with resident Obama's lawyer to help a Putin ally. <gasps> Uh-oh. And then this from the Washington Examiner. How do you say whoops in Russian? Podesta Group retroactively files more DOJ disclosures for pro-Putin work. Turns out John Podesta, by the way, for those of you who don't remember, he is a consigliere of the Clinton family and Hillary Clinton, big player in her campaign. They had to file saying, oops, we, we did some work. For the Russians, for Putin, yes, we did pro-Putin work in our little, uh, our little left-wing cabal, our little left-wing organization here. Sorry, clumsy us. Sorry, let me just put in that addendum. Yes, here, here it is. We're Democrats, so we get to violate the rules and and come back and say, "Mea culpa, we're sorry." The only time we hold people accountable is when they're Republicans, or when we want to make political hay. So there's that, and then there's this. Carlos Garcia writing this up in the blaze. You can find that on the front page, folks. Here's why the FBI refused to release Hillary Clinton files to the public. The Federal Bureau of Investigation, Donald Trump's FBI, denied a request for information about Hillary Clinton and gave what some might consider to be a rather ridiculous excuse for the declination. The FBI says there is... The FBI says there is not enough public interest to merit releasing the information. (laughs) Nope, nobody wants to know about the last Democrat candidate for president and what was going on with her emails. What was going on with her being in Putin's back pocket? That's insane. Donald Trump, pay attention. Hey, remember, everybody, society's worth. It isn't measured by how much power is seized by government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Have a grand day, won't you, folks? Be back tomorrow. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey.